God. Without you, we're hopelessly lost, but with you, we are more than conquerors. And we just give you all praise, honor, and glory in this space. We ask now, God, that as we spend this time with you, that you will fellowship with us, tabernacle with us. Thank you for those that have come out, and we pray for those that are on their way. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, we want to welcome everyone out tonight to our virtual as well as our in-house revival of a time where we can come and fellowship and um, spend this time together with the Lord. Uh, God is so good, and, um, and I'm just giving him all praise and all honor and all glory for him being um, a great God. Thank you so much. Um, do we have anyone that is with us for the very first time? Anyone that is with us that wasn't here on last night, <clears throat> but you're here tonight, amen? Not, not, amen? I, amen, I got some shy folk in the house. That's all right, that's all right. That's all right, but we are so glad that you're here. Listen, if you're online, if you are viewing this online, um, I just want to encourage you to go ahead and put in the chat um, where you're from, where you're viewing from. Uh, just put in the chat that you are just thanking God for another day of life. Amen. Um, and just let us know where you are. We want to welcome you as well in our virtual space. Uh, thanking you for taking the time out to join in with us. Listen, we had an awesome time on last night. I know Amen. I enjoyed myself last night. Um, I left here rejoicing. Amen. I, just, I, really, I really was just thanking God for last night. Um, and we just look for God to do the same thing tonight. Um, just a couple of announcements. Listen, we'll be here on tomorrow night again at 7. Um, again, we'll be here Saturday morning on Sabbath. We'll be here at 11 o'clock um, in space, and then we'll come back again Sabbath evening at 7. Um, we're going to continue this here format uh, for the next couple of weeks. Now, we won't be here on Sunday. Uh, we won't be here on Monday. Uh, now, if you decide you want to show up, that's perfectly fine, but, but I won't be here. Come on, somebody. Uh, and we will not be here on Tuesday, but we'll be back again on next Wednesday. Amen. Where we'll be able to continue our time with the Lord. Amen. Um, and also on that final week, as I mentioned last night, on the final week of this month, we'll be in a slam combined service. Uh, this is a time for all the churches in the area. We'll be coming together where we'll have our, our Wednesday service here at top. Amen. And then on that Thursday, now we'll be in-house as well as you can view online. Um, and so you make the call. But then on that Thursday, amen, Thanksgiving Day, um, our very pastor, Keith Hackle, uh, will prepare a service, a prepare a message for us to view in our, in our own home. Um, and so we won't be here, but you can go to our SLAM YouTube page, our SLAM YouTube page. Um, and we want to fix it so where you can come back to the Tabernacle of Praise um, YouTube page as well as Facebook and be able to view the service there. Um, and so we're working on that. And then on that Friday, um, Lighthouse, uh, Pastor Byron Wright will um, bring the word of God. I believe he will be at his church as well as online. Everything is going to be either in-house or online in a virtual space. Um, we want to make this a jam-packed weekend. So on that Sabbath, on that Sabbath, we're, we're going to build. We're just building on up. Uh, we'll have our services right back here at Tabernacle of Praise. Um, each individual pastor will host their own service in their own church. But then at 4 o'clock, 
will come together to do a combined um, communion. Um, and this will be done at the um, Northside Seventh-day Adventist Church where Pastor um, Trevor Barnes will lead out in that um, service. But you can view that online as well. So what we're asking each church member to do um, is to get with your pastor, get with your elder or your deacon. And we want you to get your emblems from your church so that on that Sabbath, amen, um, you'll be able to take part in this special communion in the comfort of your home. Or if you so choose, you can um, come to the Northside Church. You can register um, on the website and come and be in person. Uh, again, that's a jam-packed weekend, but I believe God is going to do um, some great things as we close out this year. Also want to remind that I'll be making this announcement again because, um, it, you know, I'm still trying to get used to this spring forward, fall back. So on this weekend, on this weekend, we want to remind you to set your clocks back. I believe it's Saturday, set it back um, because the time will change. Again, we're so thankful. We're so blessed to be here. Um, we're just so excited to be in this space as we deal with our service tonight. I'm, right now, dude, I, I feel like singing. Anybody feel like singing? Amen. I feel like singing. We're about to lift up the name of the Lord. We're going to get into this message, and we're going to have a wonderful time in the name of the Lord. Amen. When we all get to heaven, you should know it, page 633, it's in your hymnal. With it. Here we go. Sing the wondrous love of Jesus. Sing his mercy and his grace in the And we shall trade. 
time with our master. Yes, Lord. Oh, my word. I tell you, I'm, I, I, I can't wait to see him face to face. I think it's um, um, Sister Vicki Winans. Is, is it Vicki Winans? We Shall Behold Him? She sings it, but it's written by Dottie Rambo. By who? Dottie Rambo. Dottie but Vicki does Rambo. sing it. Sandy Patty sings it, too. Yeah. Well, man, We Shall Behold Him. What a beautiful, beautiful song. Um, and I can't wait to see him. I can't wait to see him. Listen, we want to do a little praying right now. I believe that prayer is power. Uh, prayer changes things. Um, I'm a product of prayer. Somebody, I heard somebody say they were a product of Christian education. <laughs> and I'm a product of prayer. Yeah. Amen. Somebody prayed for me, had me on their mind, took the time and prayed for me, even when I was doing my own thing and didn't know they were praying for me. Amen. Didn't know that they were praying for me, but I'm so glad. I'm so glad that they prayed for me. Amen. And so that's what we want to do right now. We want to take this time to go before the Lord and invite his presence. And I'm looking out in the audience here and um, I just know that there are many, many uh, prayer requests. Um, but what we want to do, we want to just spend this time with the Lord. If you're online and you're viewing this and you want special prayer, um, just go ahead and put in the chat. Amen. And we'll lift those prayers up. You have people online that will lift those prayers up as well. So let us take a moment and let us bow our heads as we look to the Lord in prayer. Loving Lord, our Father and our God, again, we're so thankful, we're so blessed, and we're so honored to be able to come before you in this manner. Father, we recognize that it's not by power nor by might, but it's by your spirit, saith the Lord. Your mercies that are bestowed upon us every morning, giving us a new start, giving us a new and a refreshed outlook on life. And so we thank you, Father, for loving us. Thank you for caring for us. Thank you for being the God that, that showers down on your people. Lord, thank you for being a loving God. You could be judgmental. You can be a, a harsh taskmaster. But, but your character, your nature is love. And so we thank you, Father, for loving us in spite of ourselves. Father, as we look out over this here audience, we look on our, our um, on participants uh, Father, we know that you see all of our needs. You know all about our concerns. You know us better than we know ourselves. And so we're just asking you, God, to, to have your way tonight. To allow your Holy Spirit to move mightily over our circumstances and over our situation. You know what we need. Our children. Our health. Some is battling, Father God, with health challenges. 
challenges yes, to life. Lord. Some fathers battling with just identity, uh, just trying to find themselves in this crazy and mixed up world. Uh, uh, some of us, Father God, are struggling with our finances and we need a break. Not just a stimulus that's going to ease it one time, but, but Father, we need complete relief. Father, the kind of relief that only you can give. Father, some of us are having a family uh, dynamics going on in our, in our lives. The school system needs you. Tonight, Father, we need you in this revival. Those that are viewing online need you, God. We ask that you will have your way. Do what you do, God. Let your presence be made known. And we will be ever so mindful to give you the praise and all the honor and all the glory. So we welcome you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It's good. And all the time, God is good. Oh, yes. I'm so glad that I had that somebody had me on their mind. We're going to sing one more song. We're going to get right into our message tonight. Um, and so we were asking, if you want to just sing along with us, please feel free to join with us as we sing and magnify the name of the Lord tonight. Amen. It's all right if you want to put your hands together in God's house. It is perfectly fine. Amen. Amen. Here we go.
we got a revival tonight. The preacher all right. told me everything's gonna be alright. The preacher told me everything's gonna be alright. The preacher Not something, yes, sir. but everything. Yes, sir. I'm going to say everything. Everything. <laughs> it's going to be all right. Yes, sir. Uh, because of who we serve. And so it's a blessing to be here. Listen, I know we've had a rough day today. Some of us probably this week has just really been a trying week. But we've come to the house of the Lord to be revived, to be rejuvenated, to be uplifted. And let me explain something to you tonight. It is okay. It is okay if your cup gets a little low. Amen. It's okay. You know, if your cup runneth over, amen, uh, uh, I, I would, you know, what, what's that? Is, uh, what goes up must come down. Amen. And so sometimes in life we get into a place where we just don't feel it. And things are just a bit much on our plate. And we just need to hear a word from the Lord. And it is my prayer tonight we will hear just that, a word from the Lord. Um, and so as we go to our first slide, um, we want to welcome you out as we do a part two. Now, this wasn't planned. This wasn't a planned part two. The plan was to go one, two, three, four, all the way to the end. But it got so good last night. <laughs> it, 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 it got so good last night where, you know, even where I started to shut it off, I, my notes, um, it just didn't, I, I didn't even make it to that. Um, but, but we had an awesome time, and so this is a continuation of last night, you know, why God needed a sanctuary. Let me just ask that question. Do, do anyone know why we needed a sanctuary, why God needed a sanctuary? Anybody have any ideas why we needed a sanctuary? You don't think he needed a sanctuary? Yeah. Okay, okay, we can okay then. Any, anybody else? Anybody feel the same way that we really that we could just throw the sanctuary away? You don't want me to? Oh, don't throw it away no, though. When I say that I don't think he needed one. I just think that, that like it would be good for us to have a sanctuary. Mm. But you know, I don't think God really kind of needed too much anything from us. Okay, okay. In, in that aspect. In that aspect that he don't really need a whole lot from us. Yes, ma'am. Okay. We didn't need it. The world was, the world was right? mm, the, so, 
until I fall. That's what you're thinking. And that's, you know, hey, hey, I, I, I like that thinking that before the fall, there was no need for a sanctuary, what my sister's saying here, and, 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 and that because of the fall, now, now we need um, a sanctuary. Amen? Um, um, elder back here. Okay, okay, so, so, so you're saying that we need a sanctuary based off of what Sister Lewis, what she was saying, you're piggybacking off of that uh, to get back into good grace with God, amen? Amen, listen, listen, we're going we're gonna to dive even further into that because, you know, when we look at the sanctuary, we understand that there are some furniture in the sanctuary, and we understand that this furniture in the sanctuary has significance, that it's not just in there like the furniture and, and some of our house, you know, in some of our homes, amen? Uh, that part of the house where back in the day, you used to, anybody used to have plastic? I'm, I'm kind of dating myself. Anybody used to have plastic on the couch? Anybody have a section in their house that it was just look only? Anybody have one? Of, yeah. Amen? <laughs> just look only. But you, you had one, you could sit on it because it had plastic. Amen. Uh, but, but I remember now, now we didn't have that in our house. Amen. We didn't have um, that area, you know, because we didn't have very many rooms to have an area. Come on, somebody. But, but <laughs> my mama, I think she's watching. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. But, <laughs> but, uh, but, but I, I, know some, I know some individuals, they had a home and, and there was a section in the house that was just forbidden. Well, the furniture in this sanctuary, uh, amen, it has just there for show, for, for decoration, but there was some significance, and we want to take a look at that tonight. Last night, we left off, we left off talking about our good friend Moses, amen? Uh, you, you know, Moses, um, uh, this, this here man of God who, um, um, when he was a young child, we talked about it last night, that there was a decree that went out um, to kill all male children, amen, amen, I believe it was two years of age and under, amen, kill all the male childs, uh, 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 all, the, all the male children, just kill them, but Moses' mother, amen, put him in a basket and hid him, amen, put him in the, in the, in the river, in the creek, Amen. Had his sister Miriam. She followed along to make sure that he was safe, that no crocodiles or alligators. Now I don't know what she would have done if, if one had showed up, but 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 we thank God that she didn't have to she didn't have to fight alligators. Amen. But God protected Moses and and, and the daughter of Pharaoh found Moses, and we talked about that last night, and Moses grew up um, in, in the home of Pharaoh as an Egyptian, uh, uh, moved, right, moved up pretty quick, amen, moved up pretty quick, uh, uh, but, but as he got older, there was something about Moses uh, uh, that, 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 that was just bothered him, it was something about, something within him that just kind of bothered him, where he began to question uh, uh, um, some things, 
Amen. And, 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 and fast forwarding, uh, we know the story as Moses got a little older. Amen. Uh, uh, Moses uh, ended up killing an Egyptian. Amen. He was on the run. He fleed for his life. But Moses was a man of faith. Moses had faith. Hebrew, I mean, Exodus 11, 24, 25 reminds us. It says here that Moses had faith. So he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. That happened after he had grown up. He chose to be treated badly together with the people of God. Now, this was a choice that Moses made. Now, I don't know about you. Amen. Um, you, know, I, you, know, you know, they say never say never, and sometimes you don't know what you would do and, uh, uh, until you find yourself in a particular situation. But it's easy to be on the outside looking in, telling somebody how to manage theirs when yours is not quite all the way together. Amen. Uh, it, it's, you know, it's one of those things, you know, it's easy to spend somebody else's money. Amen. Uh, and, and so Moses, Moses has gotten to a point in his walk with the Lord after he ran because he was on the run for killing uh, uh, this here Egyptian. Uh, 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 he was, you know, and, and it just messed the Hebrews mind up. This man, what are you doing? And so Moses is on the run. Moses is fleeing for his life. And so there was, the, the, so there uh, we see this real character of Moses. We see the man, the true man of God. He wanted to serve his God more than he wanted to be Pharaoh's daughter. I mean, Pharaoh's son. He wanted to be more like the God that he served. But we also read uh, that Moses took a life. He ended up on the run. It's all in the word of God. Moses was fleeing for his life. Next slide, please. He was fleeing for his life. Moses fleed to a place, uh, uh, end up getting married, uh, uh, end up raising sheep, end up living a whole different life. Now, can you just imagine being raised in plush? being raised with everything, being raised, having people at your, at your command to now you are commanding sheep. Now you're on the run. So Moses finds himself out in, in this desert place where he looks at a distance and he sees this bush that was on fire, but it wasn't being consumed. Now, I'm sure if we were in this situation, we probably, some of us, we're inquisitive. Uh, you know, one of the things I love to do, uh, I love abandoned buildings. I don't know what it is. I just like to explore abandoned buildings. I like the, the whole idea of just going in there and seeing what used to be in there and what's in there. And it's just something about abandoned buildings. <laughs> Moses saw this bush on fire. A blaze. And, and I love the way how God was setting this thing up all along. Now keep in mind we're talking about the need for a sanctuary. God is setting this thing up all along. And so Moses, he finds himself now at this here bush. He sees this bush and he has this encounter with God. He has this encounter with Christ. Next slide, please. And it's at this place where God is sharing with Moses the sanctuary. 
He begins to lay this thing out, telling Moses, I'm fast forward now, this, isn't, this, is, this is the second trip to the mountain. I want to make it very clear because sometimes when we hear these stories, we think they all ran together. But, 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 but this is after Moses went back to Pharaoh and got the children of Israel out of bondage. And now they're at the bottom of the hill and Moses is at the top of the hill and God is sharing the plan with Moses. He tells him how this plan will work. He tells him how it should be laid out. He says, let them make unto me a sanctuary that I may dwell amongst them. He wanted to spend time with his people. He wanted to let them know that just like in the, in the garden, as we talked about on yesterday, when Adam and Eve, when they sinned, it put a wall up against God and them. Now they don't have this direct contact. Now they don't have this communion with God. Now they don't have this fellowship with God that they once had. But one thing I love about God, he's always wanted to get back to that place with his creation. God never stopped trying to get back with his people. That's why when we leave the church, amen, the Holy Ghost, amen, it works on you. It's always something. You either turn around and you either run into a, a church member or something that come on the radio. Something comes across your mind that kind of gets you back into that place where you once were, where you once had this fellowship with God. But Moses here on this mountain is being introduced to the plan of salvation. And so God tells Moses, I need you to do this thing. I need you to follow specific instructions that you cannot deviate from this blueprint that I'm giving you. It's very vital that you stick to the plan. And so we read here in Hebrews 9, uh, 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 24, for Christ is not entered into the holy place made with hands, meaning human hands, which are the figure of the truth. In other words, but into heaven itself now to appear in the presence of God for us. So what is going on concerning our salvation is not happening on earth. It is happening in heaven. But God gave an earthly model so that humans could play out what God is going on or what is taking place in heaven. That's the kind of God I love. He said, I'm not going to leave you in the dark. I'm not going to leave you clueless. So it all means that when Jesus moves in the heavenly sanctuary, there was to be a corresponding movement in the earthly sanctuary. Next slide, please. Christ in the heavenly sanctuary is a reality. It is a reality. Jesus says, I tell you the truth, that what Moses wrote about is critically important for you today. In other words, he said, as Moses wrote down all the messages from God while he was with him in the mount, they are important for us today to understand the sanctuary. It is very crucial that we understand it. So, in the sanctuary, we understand in Isaiah 66 that God speaks and he says, heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. Now that's the tabernacle part and the earth is my footstool is the court part. Now what I love about Jesus when he came on earth, amen, 
and his ministry that he, that he, that, that, that he partook of while he was here on earth, I, I want to just remind us that that is what represents the outer court. That is what represents the outer court. And so we see that the court uh, represents this earth and the tabernacle uh, is the holy place and the most holy place, which represents God's throne. Very key. Because in Revelation uh, 7, 15, and 11, we see that the throne room number one, it says that he that sitteth on the throne shall dwell among them. Then he goes on to say, they shall hunger no more, neither shall they thirst. Next slide. God understands that we need a sanctuary so that we can understand their plans that he has laid out for you and for me. The sanctuary is very crucial. The sanctuary is very powerful. The sanctuary is basically pointing us to how God is redeeming us from this sin-sick world. Now, I remember, you know, uh, a sermon and, 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 and I, re, I, I remember, you know, sharing the message of, of uh, bringing animals to, um, to, to be sacrificed. Because keep in mind, uh, uh, when the sanctuary, when, when, when it was implemented, each individual had to bring their own, their own animal. Now, you have to keep in mind, my brothers and sisters, that everybody wasn't able to afford an animal. And so it got to the point to where uh, 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 the, um, the um, priest and the, and the tabernacle began to charge individuals for, you know, they began to have set up flea marks. See, that was why Jesus went into the temple and had to clean it out because they were in there buying and selling Come to the church house, come to the tabernacle, come and, 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 and off to the left side, you have, you, you have your claims, you, 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 you can pick a lamb or a goat, you, you, you can go and, and purchase like you were at a flea market. And, 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 and not only that, but there, were, but there were specific instructions on how they were to sacrifice these animals. There were a portion that they were to keep and a portion that they were to burn and kill. But, 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 but they kept what they wanted, did what they wanted, and how they wanted. I mean, they were doing all kinds of stuff. And God is reminding us that this sanctuary that we're talking about is not just something that we just do. But this sanctuary is really about me saving your life. The sanctuary is set up so that you can understand how I am redeeming you. And further, furthermore, so that you will understand and know the importance of living a sin-free life. Because the truth of the matter is, every time an animal was brought to be sacrificed, it was supposed to have done something to the individual. At least to cause them to not want to do this again. Because these were animals that they spent time with. These weren't just some animals that you go to the flea market as they had set up to purchase. But these were animals that they cared for. That's why he said, without spot, without blemish, that you bring me your best. They were bringing him whatever they felt they wanted to bring him. And the animals were supposed to have set in their mind a, 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 a mindset that, 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 that would cause them not to want to sin again. 
And so here we see the sanctuary. We see here that God's plan of redeeming man back to himself is laid out in full force. And so as Jesus came and as he time here on earth with us as he walked the dusty streets of Galilee, as he lived his life, as he did all of those things. And keep in mind, sacrifices were still taking place. The sacrifices of animals did not stop until the death of Christ on the cross. Now, can you imagine as Jesus walked the streets and, and as Jesus observed off in the distance the tabernacle being set up and understanding that this is a representation of him? And to see how they were misusing, mishandling, and just treating the tabernacle any kind of way they choose. In other words, this is him that we're talking about. This is, this, is, this is Jesus Christ that we're referring to. And as he watched and as he saw how the priests who were supposed to forgive sins are now charging people to forgive sins. No longer is it a sacred thing now. Now it becomes commonplace. Now it's just a thing that we do now. It becomes a nine to five. That's why we look around our churches today and you wonder why you're so empty. That is because we have gotten to a place where it's just something that we do and we don't see the significance. We don't see the importance and we don't understand that just simply coming here is a saving mechanism that God is using to get you closer to him. And the truth of the matter is we don't see it because we become common. It's just something that we do. It's just a Sabbath, come to meeting, just to see what you have on, just to see what's happening. And, and, and then we leave here feeling worse than we did before we came. Because somebody said something that rubbed you the wrong way. And I never could understand that. I never could understand. I, I, you know, I'm not perfect. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm, I'm different. Maybe, maybe I'm just messed up in the head. But when I come to God's house, I don't care what you're thinking, what you're saying, how you do. I'm here because I'm trying to get something from my God. And if you're having a bad day, I'm not going to let your bad day. Amen. Cause me to leave here feeling some kind of way. And so let's just be real, Christ, as he looked out and as he saw all of this unfolding, because like I said, as Christ walked through the dusty streets, he knew that his reason, he knew his purpose, he knew why he was here, he knew that in a couple of days that the tabernacle, the curtain will be torn, he understood that all of this will be done away with. And you have people that are walking and moving as if it's going to always be. See, that's one of the things that COVID taught us. That this is not going to always be here. It can be shut down just like that. And there's nothing you can do about it. Nothing you can say about it. You may feel some kind of way about it, but you were at home feeling some kind of way about it. <laughs> and as Jesus walked and as he looked, and as he saw all of this stuff unfolding, I, I, I can just imagine how it must have made him feel. 
going all the way back to not just Moses, but going all the way back to the Garden of Eden of how they, he wants fellowship with his, his um, creation. And even when Jesus came, let's just be clear, let's just be clear tonight, my brothers and sisters, that even when Jesus came, and when, even though Jesus broke bread with the disciples and he slept and he, and he understood their needs, it was not the same. It was not the same. And I can't, you know, I, 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 I remember, I remember, I used to tell my wife, I said, you know, I just want to get back to that place where I felt so close to God. I remember there was a time in my Christian walk where I just felt like I was, I, I was walking on water, believe it or not. Yes, sir, I felt like, I felt like the Holy Ghost, he really did, a, I, I just felt like, you know, I was so holy. It was like, you know, every, every step was just a holy walk. Anybody know a holy walk? Everything. <laughs> My mind was just always on Jesus. Y'all didn't even know how to have a, a good conversation with my brothers and sisters. Everything was, you know, in God. And I remember I was telling my wife, I said, I just want to get back to that place where, <laughs> where I felt that closeness to God. And my wife had to remind me, she said, how do you know you're not already there? I know that God is not just doing, showing you another side. I can imagine as Jesus walked, as Jesus spent time with his creation, trying to get back to that place, that, that, that to, to draw us back to that place. Amen. It's not that he left, it's we left. So God is trying to get us back to where he is, not to us to come and get him to come to where we are. But that's the kind of God we serve. He said, you know what, since you're not coming to me, let me come to you. But we have to understand that that's not the plan. When God set this thing up, it was not his plan for us to turn our backs on him. It was not his plan for us to, to, uh, to, to um, lie on him. It wasn't his plan for us to be separated from him. This was not the plan. So he said, well, let me set a plan in place. Let me set a plan in place. Because we understand and we realize that God knows exactly what we need before we're even in need of it. Because he that sitteth on the throne shall dwell among them. Then he goes on to say that they shall hunger no more, neither shall they thirst. God said, you come to me, I got you. So God is telling us that this throne has something to do with food and drink. And that will immediately take our minds to the table of showbread. God says here in John 6, 51. He said, I am the living bread that comes down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Jesus says, listen, this bread that I'm talking about is not just any kind of bread. This is the bread of life. This, this is bread. This is me we're talking about. So when we talk about the sanctuary, when we talk about the outer court, and we, uh, we, 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 we'll deal with, the, with, with all of the emblems, uh, uh, we'll come back to it, because uh, uh, we have to understand that as Jesus ministered, he ministered to us in the outer court, he left the outer court when he ascended to heaven, he ascended to the holy room, and, and then in 1844, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. But let's just, let's just, let's just I'll bag it up a little bit because Jesus says, I am he, I am the one. He that goes on, to, he goes on to say that, that, that you shall never hunger no more, nor will you thirst anymore. 
I'm going to be everything you need. Can you imagine as Jesus is walking and he's teaching and he's preaching and he's telling not just the disciples, but even the multitudes. He says that everything you need, I have it. Everything you need, it is right here in me. You don't need to worry about your clothes. You don't need to worry about your health. You don't need to worry about anything if you just come unto me. So he tells us that this throne is something to do with with, with food, and he reminds us that I have you, that I have you covered. This was one of God's thrones. In other words, uh, 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 we know from the movement in the sanctuary that it was the throne of God prior to the Day of Atonement because everything changed on that day. But concerning the table of showbread, Jesus says in John uh, 6, 51, he says that I am the living bread which comes down from heaven. I am he. I am represented in everything. He also says that I and the Father are one. And if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. So someone, when we look at the stack of breads, it could biblically represent Jesus Christ as well as the Father. Some say it's the Old Testament, the New Testament. You have to understand the spiritual implication that Jesus used. Jesus said, listen, I'm going to lay something before you that no matter where you go, no matter how you look at it, it's going to point you back to me. So whether you say the Father and the Son, it's pointing back to him. Whether you say the Old Testament or the New Testament, it's pointing you back to him. And sometimes we get caught up on stuff and what we really have to understand that it all points back to him. It all points to him. Because Revelation 8.3 begins out in this throne room number 2 and it says that another angel came and stood at the altar having a golden censer and there was giving him much incense and he offered it with the prayers of all the saints. All the saints. So this altar of incense was before the table of showbread which was the throne of God before the Day of Atonement. But the altar of incense is also before the Ark of the Covenant. It's right there. The only thing between them is the veil. This is right before you go into the Most Holy. Jesus has set this thing up in such a way that even in the holy place and the most holy place, when you look at the, look, look, look at the layout uh, from, uh, from, from, the, from the top, is the layout of the cross. I'll bring that slide next time. Jesus understood that everything that he that 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 that, that we do, everything that everything we say, everything about us, he said, I want to get you back to that place where I am the centerpiece. That's why when Jesus had Moses establish the sanctuary, when he set it up, it was set up right in the middle of the camp. So that no matter where you came out, when you came out of your tent, when you walked out into the courtyard, the first thing you saw was the tabernacle, was the sanctuary. I don't want it behind them. I want it right there in the center so they'll understand that I am talking about being the center of their life. And if Jesus isn't in the center of your world, 
If he's not in the center of your decision making, if he's not in the center of your choosing, you're going to end up in a bad place. Trial and error. Because God understands the way this world is set up. God understands the way this thing um, um, operates. God understands everything about this. And while we're sleeping in our bed, there are laws being passed. There are laws being changed. There are things happening while we are comfortable in our bed sleeping. We wake up to new laws. We wake up to new ideas. But guess what? God never sleeps. He never slumbers. He sees everything. And God has said, no matter what they do, if you follow my plan, you will be protected. Because there is no amount of laws that they can change or implement that will cause God, what God has set up to fall. God's law is true. God's sanctuary is true. Next slide, please. And one of the thrones proceeded the, uh, 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 the lightning and the thundering and voices. And there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. God is laying some things out here, using candlesticks and tables of showbread and uh, 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 incense. And, and, and you know, what in the world is this? What is happening with this? God understands everything that we need. He said, I'm going to lay this before you. I'm going to put this in your midst. So here we see this candlesticks, the seven lamps of fire burning before the throne. Well, that's the truth. That is true because they were all in the holy place. And the holy place is the first apartment that we come to. The most holy is the second part. So it was before the throne. It was also across the room from the table of showbread. So in that sense, it was before the throne of the holy place. And the golden candlesticks represents who, everybody? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. We say the seven churches. And again, like I said, there is so much to what God has laid before us. There was so much that God has put before us. You can turn whichever way you want to. It will all, when you're dealing with the sanctuary, if you don't end up in Jesus, you're in the wrong place. You're in the wrong place. This is what God has laid before us. God understands everything we need. And so we read here in Revelation 19, uh, 11, 19, and the temple of God was opened in heaven and there were seen in his temple the ark of the covenant, the ark of the, uh, 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 the ark of the covenant, should I say, or the ark of the testament. That was the throne of God after our doing the day of atonement. Now on the day of atonement, uh, uh, the priest would go in and would clean that out once a year. This wasn't an everyday event. Everything that took place during the Day of Atonement took place in the most holy before the Ark of the Testament. The golden censer was carried in from the holy place to the most holy place. And of course, inside we read in Hebrews 9:4 that Aaron's rod was in there. The table of stones were in there. And the golden pot that held the manna was in there. So that was the focal point 
during the Day of Atonement. That was the throne of God. And so we understand that God put the sanctuary in place to draw us back to him, to show us exactly how he's redeeming us from the sins that so easily beset us. God realized that in order for mankind to experience the Eden that we forfeited, we had to go through this brutal experience. I said yesterday, we have to understand just how brutal sin is. When we understand how brutal sin is, then we will, we will understand a little bit better or a little bit clearer, at least we should understand a little bit clearer exactly why God had to go through what he went through to draw us back to him. Because God recognizes that the sanctuary is what's going to draw us back to the heavenly place. This is why God needed the sanctuary. Because we, without it, we will keep going further and further and further away. I say that because I look around today and we're doing just that. We're just not doing it as fast. But we don't trust God like we should. We don't worship God like we should. We don't spend time with God like we should. Everything is just a, 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 a casual, uh, uh, this, is, this is just something that we do. And God is drawing us back to that place where we are understanding that these things matter. That these things are crucial. And so this is our focal point. This is what God is drawing us to on this here day of atonement. There is so much that God wants to reveal to us, and so he lays it all out in his sanctuary. He makes it very clear the steps that we are to follow. He told Moses, I need you to make sure that you do it exactly the way I tell you. Because this is a representation of me. This is what's going to draw people back to me. The sanctuary. Let me end with this right here. On the Day of Atonement, the priest would enter in. He would clean, he would sprinkle the blood all in the, all in the most holy place. He would go in there, not only will he, will he sprinkle, but he had a responsibility to clean it up. So as he was sprinkling, as he would go in, as he would spread the blood, just dousing it, this ought to be a reminder to not just him, but to all of Israel, all of the believers, that this process is, 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 is very horrible. It's very horrible. And so he would go in and he would clean it up. He would sprinkle the blood. He would, he, would, he, he would do his business. And then he would come out. And here we go. He would do the same thing over again. 
started all over again from, for the whole year, just going in, sprinkle the blood. Now there's a cleansing period. And when we understand the sanctuary, we understand that there will be a cleansing period. That there will be a day of atonement. That there will be a day where you have to make your calling and your election assured. There will come a day where you have to decide your yeas or your nays. There will come a time where you will have to choose ye this day who you will serve. Will it be God or will it be man? It's my prayer that you choose the Father. Father, again, we thank you so much for what has transpired in this here sanctuary tonight. We thank you for what you've done, what you're doing, and what you are about to do. We thank you for your sanctuary message. We thank you for revealing to us the truths of, of not just the times of, of, of old, but of our time today. The crucial time that we're in. Father, we know that we have strayed away, we've done some things, we have fallen short. And so we're asking you, God, to turn it around. Help us turn it around. Help us to get our minds back on you. Help us to be drawn close to you. So that at the end of the day, oh God, we will know without a shadow of a doubt that you are the one that has set the captives free. Forgive us again of our sins, we do pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Again, we want to thank you for joining in with us. Um, we thank you for coming out tonight. Um, if you want to leave a gift at the door, we have our deacons in the back to, to um, receive those gifts. Again, we want to thank you who are viewing online. Um, we thank you for taking this time out. Let a friend know. Let a family member know. Uh, we only aim to get higher and higher. Uh, higher and higher as we go through um, this tabernacle experience or this sanctuary experience. Again, thank you so much for joining in with us. You have a great evening, and we'll see you tomorrow at 7. God bless.